You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Help! Our family's going to a big football game this weekend, and I want to get us on the Jumbotron in some fresh new styles. Sprint over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's giant thank you event is happening now. Get 30% off your purchase or 40% off when you use or open an Old Navy credit card at Old Navy or OldNavy.com. 40% off? Wow, that's a huge score. Better hurry. It ends Sunday. Time to huddle up and head to Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 926 to 930. Excludes in-store clearance, register lane items, gift cards, jewelry, today only, and two-day only deals. 40% offers subject to credit approval. Welcome to the APC Podcast, part of AcmePackingCompany.com, SB Nation's Packers fan site. I'm Alex Patakis with Ben Foldy and Zach Rapport. What's up, guys? Hello. Still sweating from my train ride this morning. It was gross. This it morning. Was really gross. It's just gross in general. This summer sucks. Can yeah. we just go on the record? This is like the worst summer in recent memory. Um, it was 99% humidity, according to the weather. Report. It was really Jesus. Gross. Yeah, that's brutal. Like really but gross. I was lugging around the suitcase full of, full of gear, so I was especially tired and hot and sweaty when I got on the train. It was actually pretty embarrassing. It's the kind of sweating where like you can feel the sweat being pushed out of your face. Yeah, that's and pretty was, terrible. You know, I was in a public place on display. It's not a good look. I always feel for the guys who have to wear suits. You don't have to wear a suit, right? You don't have to like wear no, a jacket I wear or anything this. like that. Just sweating through suits. Could you imagine that every day? I did it yeah, in Washington, D.C. as an intern in the Senate. It was awful. Because that's not a very like well-ventilated building either because it was built in like 18-whenever. Looking yeah. like Ray Lewis over there with the sweat coming through the suit. <laughs> oh, God. Let's not even talk about that. Yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> what shall we talk about? I think we should talk about some Packers stuff. Hey. Uh, you could talk about the Packers with us on Twitter at... Zach Rapport at Ben Foldy at Alex Patakis, but also the show at the APC pod. And you can email us at the APC podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to the show, I recommend you do so. Also, you can leave a nice review. We would appreciate that, especially as the thirst for Packers content continues. More visibility is always a good thing. On today's show, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback, which I think is going to be really fun because he's my favorite thing about sports. And he said some more notable stuff after his piss poor comment that you uh, discussed last week with Tex Western, who was sitting in for us, our corporate overlord. But he, he said some stuff off of that. So we're going to get into that. But first, some nuggets. Why don't we start with some of these? And we'll start with something that I think was pretty surprising. And that was Vegas, the odds makers, having the Packers as the favorite as far as where Khalil Mack will be playing his 2018 football. That was Shocked? Cool. I mean, I was pretty shocked. Uh, 
I was shocked that the that the Packers are the odds on faves, but I also think what got lost in that is that the field is also four to one odds. But how, I am I am shocked that they're the that they're the favored over the Raiders. How good are our friends in the desert at predicting this kind of stuff? <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I mean, obviously they're spot on with with games and everything like that. I I don't know. I was kind of hoping Ben may know in terms of like transactional things. I, I although mean, I think the Lakers were the favorite for a really long time with LeBron. Yeah, the I mean, I don't think the bookies are, are out there to like lose money. Right. But, I mean, there is a part of me too that wonders if I were a book and I were looking at like thirsty Packers fans, I'd be like, there's a chance to make a buck. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, um, I think the natural, obviously, like the whole Raiders Packers connection with Reggie McKenzie and everything, there's a lot of crossover. Jordy Nelson is there. They take a lot of former Packer guys, as the Browns now obviously do, which I saw a bunch of them on Hard Knocks, a show that was like, nah, I could do with or without. But I'm uh, I, I guess the conversation, which I think you guys talked about this last week, too, is like, is it worth it if you're giving up? I mean, this is a team that has two first round picks. I think that also factors in in addition to the connection. I would do it. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't give up two first rounders. I think that's a re- uh, just a price tag that I don't think anyone's going to have to pay. Yeah. But if Gruden's going to like try to ruin Raiders football before they make their big move to Vegas, I'll gladly be like the beneficiary of him getting rid of maybe his best player. I mean, I don't see a downside, but the, the thing that kind of gives me pause is like it makes too much sense which makes me think it's something that can't happen in the nfl <laughs> right like like trades only happen when they don't really make that much sense and somebody you know like jay Ajay gets traded for a song or Corey coleman for a late set you know it, it's impossible for me to imagine that a team that has a a a you know position of need a fair amount of capital to go out and and make a trade um, we'll just be able to make a trade for one of the best players in the game. Like that just doesn't sound like the NFL to me. And I know trades are getting more prevalent, but it still doesn't sound like the NFL. That ben, I know. I've known you for a long time and I feel like that is you summed up in a take. This makes so much sense. There's no way it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least as far as the NFL con- is, is concerned, I feel like that's, you know, kind of a no brainer. It's like, Oh yeah, wait, of, 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 of course, Terrell Owens should be in the hall of, oh, nope, we're going to do some dumb shit for two years. Like, yeah. You know, it's the NFL. New regime, though. Packers. They have, New regime they, for the Packers. They, but They did some stuff that made sense this offseason. Yeah. So you never know. Maybe no. the Gutekunst era will make sense. I just, I mean, I'm not even sure it's up to the Packers, right? Like, I mean, signing Eric Reed would make sense for the Packers, and I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. I, well, that I agree with. You know, it's the NFL. That's, yeah, that's true. I think Mac Price is like is a back. totally different category than Eric Reed. I mean, Mac is like a, you know change your it's not it's not a comparison of mac no no i I know i'm just saying like but it is an acknowledgement that things that make sense in the nfl often don't happen because the nfl is busy tripping over its own dick yeah (laughs) its own dick (laughs) nfl's got a big dick um all right short legs (laughs) Uh, very true all right moving on um to another nugget before we get into talk about qb brian gutekunst has confirmed that fifth round pick offensive lineman Cole Madison is still dealing with a personal issue. He did not rule out him joining the team at some point, but they're also pretty supportive of whatever he is going through and are going to be patient as he kind of uh, deals with this. There's some speculation out there. I got to be honest. I wasn't really aware of a lot of this until very, very recently. So I, I don't really, I don't, I don't think we want to like sit here and truly guess what's happening. Right. Like I, I, I'm glad that the Packers are patient with things that don't have to do with football health. That well, makes me like my team. Yeah, and considering that the most prominent theory has to do with a friend committing suicide, a friend and teammate committing suicide, 
and someone you know needing time to deal with that, which is understandable. Considering that that is the the most prevalent rumor, it just makes it all the more upsetting that that there's a a large part of Packers <laughs> Twitter that's just like waste of a pick. You got a job now. Get in there. Oh really? Oh, well, oh that, yeah. Oh that, yeah. On that note, okay. well then that's if the JS comments point. was still yeah, a thing. Look, I don't. I I. Is there really like fifth rounder Cole Madison truthers like out there being like? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, this is Packers off season no, Twitter. It's true, yes, it's true. It's the true. answer is yes. But I, I think that said, first off, it's good that he doesn't need to come in immediately. Although I, I mean, the tackles didn't look great the other night. But I digress. But I think also you mentioned Hard Knocks. The best moment, bar none, I mean, this is like a horrible, tragic moment, but the best like NFL moment is when Hugh Jackson is, yeah. is sitting there and he's, it, yeah. he's like, I just lost my mom. I just lost my brother in two weeks. And this is this is a cover four. Like yeah. he, he takes like one it, beat. I mean, the, it was such good, like good job by HBO with like the comedic timing to like literally capture that. He's literally like broke the news to some people. They're all like, oh, I'm sorry, man. He's like two seconds of silence. Like you said, immediately jumps into like, like breaking down. Is that zone? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, like exactly. points at the screen. It's like literally that's how much time he took to grieve the loss of his mother and brother in, yeah, in like no, a couple in like weeks, a two week span. Not TV. It's so HBO. there's, there's a few takeaways from that one. It's, it's probably the best. I mean, even, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that the, that the NFL in this off season is kind of, brought up like what else is new but like Terrell Owens is the same type thing like obviously that's sticking in my subconscious in a way I didn't anticipate before I got in front of a microphone wow but you know I mean Terrell Owens the way the NFL dealt with Terrell Owens is kind of like a similar thing like it's like oh what you have a personality like fuck that yeah you're not getting into the Hall of Fame for no reason we're going to punish you and like Hugh Jackson is like in that world and he's like oh I'm supposed to have like emotions no I have to coach this football team badly i mean it's also right. clear that <laughs> yeah yeah like oh. that scene where he's like i'm gonna <laughs> override all my coordinators sorry i like i like the hard knocks um but that scene where he's kind of i kind of did too all right yeah we will uh we will move on we don't want to break down the browns too much although they kind of are the packers um yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's a lot of packer personnel no stripes on the helmet though right, you get your... roaming around there i think this just goes <laughs> to show how like Please, at some point, can the Packers be on Hard Knocks? Like, the answer this will is, be never. I'm so interested in this, and I don't give a crap about this team. And like, I still remember the whole episode. Like, there's so many memorable moments from that episode. Anyway, they just have nothing to gain. Uh, the brand is already so strong. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, maybe, on. maybe in a year they don't make the playoffs, which was this year, and whatever else the the criteria is for like making the show. Oh, you yeah. have to finish a it's certain like a place in the standings. Almost, it? It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like now you're eligible, and then I guess they try to pitch it to you. All right, so uh, preseason game number two is coming up. We'll talk about preseason game number one a little bit, although, again, we caution everyone not to, I don't know, go too deep on what you see in, in preseason games. But let's start with the fact that we will see Aaron Rodgers in preseason game number two, according to Mike McCarthy. That's the plan. And according to Aaron Rodgers, he feels like he is going to play. He said that he sees a lot of value in it. And uh, he was not humble at all when talking about why. He said, I'd like to get some snaps on the field because the new guys need to see the rhythm and the tempo and understand that when I'm out there, when I'm everything out there. is up. Everything that's ever been put in and years of backlog stuff is potentially in play as well. End quote. I love that. He's not he's wrong. He's not well, and wrong that's, And that's him. And that's him talking to 
the the new people, right? Like that's him being it's like continued talk. I think to the new people, like playbook kids. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this wasn't in the game plan. We ran this in uh, in 2011, but guess what? You're you're obligated to know it because in the, my computer like brain just spit out how this is something that we should do right now, and you better be on the same damn page. Yeah, but it's gonna pay off. You know why? Because you remember three years ago when Devonte Adams was a rookie. And they were playing Miami, mm-hmm. and there was a fake spike at the end of the game that yep. Devonte Adams like brought down to the two. Yes, yeah. I mean that's that, and and that's a rookie. I mean that was when I, that was the moment when everybody's like Devonte Adams is amazing, and then immediately like started being like Devonte Adams is bullshit. Cut this guy. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's because Aaron Rodgers takes a couple snaps in preseason. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm I'm saying that apropos of nothing, but I do kind of like understand what he's saying. I don't think he's just bragging. No, I don't. Well, I don't think he's just bragging either. I think he's 100 percent right. Uh, it's I mean, it's a totally different. Like it can be the same playbook, it can be the same scheme. It's different when he's out there. Yeah. I think there's a different level of awareness needed from the receivers, and I think he's 100 percent right to say that. So I I think I've said forever. I don't get care if Aaron Rodgers doesn't like even put on a uniform in the preseason. But now I'm almost coming around because if he sees value in it, how do I not trust that there is some value in it, especially when he's backing it up? And you have such a young core of receivers behind the three guys who have been there in Cobb, Adams, and uh, and Geronimo. I mean, after that, it's pretty much a crapshoot. And there's apparently been a lot of changes to the playbook, and Joe Philbin's back, and things are different this year. So that makes sense to me. And he's got at least two new offensive line members. Yeah. there's, yeah. there's plenty of stuff that needs to get kind of worked out. I think he, uh, uh, off of that too, I think Bakhtiari is trying to play. And I think Roger said uh, in some of his comments to the media that he knows I will be out there and I think he wants to be out there protecting me or something like that. I'm Aww. paraphrasing, but it was, uh, it was something very, very similar to that. Uh, but off of this young wide receiver conversation, obviously the, the piss poor thing from last week where Rogers called out uh, the effort of, of some of these guys in practice. He was kind of pressed on it again today. And uh, why don't we listen to what he had to say as he continues to be asked about that uh, pointed criticism to his wideouts. Well, I hope, I hope we're not that soft. I hope we can, you know, have hear comments or read comments and not get offended by things. It's a, it's a professional environment. It's not a personal environment. Um, the things I'm saying, I, mean, I don't have some vendetta against any player. I care about winning, number one. And I'm going to say and do the things I feel like can advance us. It's going to be tough at some points. It's not a popularity contest uh, all the time. You know, obviously, you know, as a human, you like being liked and appreciated. But I'm trying to win games because that's my that's my job. You know, I'm not I'm not, you know, asked or needed to make personnel decisions, coaching decisions, uh, schedule decisions. My job is to play quarterback. Ben Foley, given a look. I, I'm just kind of amazed at how like he sort of adapts the mannerisms of, of like you can almost hear him like slightly slurring his words as if he is almost Mike McCarthy in that yeah. moment. Like he's like slowly taking on the qualities of, of his coaches, which I think is just humorous. Um yeah. So what did you think of what he said? I mean, I think first off, he he's probably needs to get out in front of this because I don't know if you saw the clips from first take. Who are like, oh, who was he talking about? And who's now talking about Rogers behind his back, complaining about being called out like that? Like that's all made up BS. Mike um, Thomas Bennett ran his mouth again. Yeah, maybe. Well, he no, did. I think no, he did. He said some dumb shit. Oh, he, he did. Tom Brady's. Tom Brady's way easier to play with. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my god! I wish my. I don't want Bennett the show to not, the no. shut up. It has, right Marty. it has something. To, uh, okay. It's not even that bad. It's kind of clickbaity. Well, let's not even go there. Yeah. Right. Okay. So anyway. 
uh, all fair, not personal. I have no problem with him saying what he said to begin with. Uh, there's always a reason. I think the response from the guys in the preseason game was was clearly uh, what he was going for, even though he wasn't out there. We didn't hear. I cl- I clipped the actually the question from from Bill Huber was the one who who asked that question. But you can tell at the beginning of that clip, Rogers is he's bristling a little bit, and he he doesn't like where the question is coming from. Because the question was coming from a place of trying to put intentionality mm-hmm. onto words that Aaron Rodgers said. And he's someone who lives a third of his life in front of a microphone. And so, yeah, he's going to split hairs if you come at him saying, well, you know, you said blah, blah, blah. You know, so from the tone perspective, I, I feel like I kind of have his back. No, I mean, what's I, I just don't even see anything to object to in that, in that like. I think what some people came away with from that clip today was that he was backpedaling on the original comments and that the original comments were not direct. Like the original comments were clearly directed at the wide receivers. And now he's backpedaling, which is not exactly what I took I don't from really that. Yeah, that Offseason is so boring. In that way. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like pretty tedious. Packers Kremlinology of like, Oh, was he wearing the hat on the left side or the right side? <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah. dude, Rogers joked about being John uh, Ryan. John Ryan about Beautiful. being like <laughs> older and crankier. I feel like he's been this way the whole time because isn't the whole riff with him and Greg Jennings start with him not like backing Jennings in a meeting and basically like or so did it start with something like that or was it maybe that was Donald Driver one of them where like they did something wrong and like Aaron Rodgers basically was <laughs> like uh, that was on you you did the wrong like in front of like the whole offense no that was part of a or... Driver anecdote I don't even oh. see him being like. Relative to other NFL quarterbacks, I've never seen him blow up on the sidelines or like publicly humiliate anybody. No. Um, if we really want to get like, yeah, Corey Lindsley, his his first game at Seattle, rookie year, that was pretty tough. He yelled at him. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was but... like a false start from the center, and what he like, I mean, yeah, him. like a false start. What? A, but like, can I offer kind of a crackpot theory as to uh, something that makes a lot of people not like Aaron Rodgers? He's smarter than they are. Well, that, but. He has a strained relationship with his family, That's and true. that really alienates people, and people don't like you that. You really think that that comes into play, though, when people are like Absolutely. looking at these comments and building opinions off of it? Absolutely. Well, I think people think that, like, oh, if his family doesn't like him, he must really be an asshole. Right. Because, like, my family tolerates me, and I'm an asshole. And because <laughs> like, all families are wonderful. Like, yeah. It's all, it's a, it's it's, a total mindfuck. It is, there, there is, like, some slight toxic garbage cloud that follows him really? around because of that. So anyway, uh, the receivers did respond. Uh, also, uh, Valdez Scantling said, when the leader says you've got to pick it up, that's what you do. It's one of the great, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So whatever he says, we have to go out and do it. And oh, by the way, he responded himself with five catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, don't forget there was the great Jake Kumro touchdown, which should we, should Aaron Rodgers got really excited about. Should we rank our picks for the last, uh, wide receiver spots? Uh, I wanted to, yeah, I think maybe briefly discussing, I think it's still kind of early. It's very crowded. There's going to be some tough cuts. Why don't we, why don't we pivot first and uh, from this to talking about the justice Mosqueda piece? Yeah. Who's supposed um, to join us next week, right? Yes. All right. Um, and then we get pivot and then, granted. And then from there we'll, we'll get into why I see receivers. what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Um, okay, fine. Yes. Justice Mosqueda, uh, optimum scouting is where he wrote this and he wrote about Basically, Aaron Rodgers being the best quarterback in football by like a long shot inside the 10 yard line going in. However, there's a significant drop off everywhere else on the field. 
And using some numbers, uh, he makes the, he draws the conclusion that basically Rodgers' skill is what propels him to be so great inside the 10, but the lack of skill around him is why he's only kind of regular uh, everywhere else. Did I sum that up right? I, I mean, I so. feel like if I start, start to try to describe how some of these numbers are calculated, it'd be very, very difficult. And like maybe not great radio, as they say, although we're on a podcast. Numbers on the radio and they don't do well. That never really is. But basically, the numbers he's using is yards per dropback, like with touchdowns and interceptions, like factored in. And we know that Rodgers doesn't throw red zone interceptions. So that obviously helps. He throws a ton of touchdowns. And then there's also like these highlight videos, which Zach, you mentioned is really funny because he compares them with Philip Rivers. And the Rodgers one is like, what did you It's it was like, like seven minutes long. Yeah, of just him throwing TDs inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, and the Phillip Rivers one's like two minutes long. And a lot of that has to do with the length of the play, which is the length of each play, which is part of the point that Justice is making. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I think, I mean, stating the obvious here, but the reason I think it's fair to say that, like, inside the 10, a lot of it has to do with Rodgers, outside of just, like, when you're watching it, the things he's doing and creating outside of the pocket. You know, the whole thing is is that windows are tighter and that, Basically, the the back of the end zone is an extra defender. And Rodgers thrives in that scenario where defenses usually come out on top in terms of like the passing game. So, yeah, I, I mean, does that make you feel like as you read this and you kind of look over the numbers and see how average he is everywhere else? But the other thing about it that I think is about like why he hasn't had that talent around him is like him outside of the 10 yard line where he's only been average recently. If you go back to 2011 when they had like all that talent around him, that was like undeniable how much depth they had. He was again at like the top of the league, right? So he went from top of the league to kind of just meh. Even though we're talking, he's still like Greg Jennings, so he was most valuable up till twenty fourteen. Uh, if I mean, I don't, I don't know what the data set that he was sampling from, but I mean, two thousand eight to two thousand fourteen. Yeah, two thousand eight. I guess the first year he was a starter. When I think about it, and then um, since two thousand fourteen, yeah, he's been down uh, significantly outside the the red zones yeah which is basically where he says like the Packers become dependent on guys winning one-on-one and they have one guy proven I guess that you feel really good about Cobb still has like to prove he can do it again but Devontae Adams is kind of that one guy yeah and the other thing too about inside the 10 is like you watch those highlights a lot of them end with the ball in 87's hands yep and that's not there anymore either so do you grow concerned at all about I know we talked like two weeks ago when we did a show about depth and targets and the options that they have, but for what do you now make of I'm it? not. I'm not concerned because you just swap in Jimmy Graham, and he's just as deadly in the red zone. But you know we're, what we're really talking about is the rest of the field where Jimmy Graham is uh, a little bit more deficient, which Justice also points out in this article. Right. I'm not concerned because I think that for one, even an Aaron Rodgers that is 2015 to 2017, Aaron Rodgers gets to an NFC Championship game. Like, Rodgers will win with what he has. I'm not that worried about that part. I also think that the Packers, if you look at some of the names on this list, a lot of these guys have a multidimensional. Either they can run or their running backs can can catch. And, yeah. and that'll give them, like, some of these guys don't throw that far downfield. Alex Smith, I'm looking at, is in the fifth spot. I do think that the Packers' run game over the last year took a lot of strides in kind of becoming a more modern NFL run game and using passes out of the backfield and you know even motioning the running back as to into the wide into the slot 
I am both not worried about Rodgers, but I'm also not that worried about the offense and the way that it is moving. Yeah, I, I was going to say too, and I was kind of going to go off of what you said there. And my answer would be, okay, that's fine. If they have a good running game that can get us down there, I'm also not that worried. So maybe that will be back because it would be really cool if they were like a decent running team again. Um, and then again, mixed in a lot their depth at running back, which they have a lot of, uh, especially when Aaron Jones comes back. Um, to also supplement in the intermediate passing game. Because like you said, you look at some of these names on that list, Tom Brady is going to kill you eight yards at a time, five yards at a time. That's like what he's famous for. Drew Brees has also transitioned into that. Alvin Kamara is a big part of that. These are all guys who are like methodical. Like you said, I mean, seeing Alex Smith on there is like kind of like insane. I mean, Alex <laughs> Smith is a good quarterback. No, but he's he allergic is. to throwing down field. Yeah, and he's like, not, you can he be might. efficient. The point is, like, most of these guys are at the top of this list aren't necessarily guys you think who are going to, like, kill you with the deep ball. And I the do, Packers don't need to be that either. And I think that actually, I mean, I think that makes Justice's best point, which is that it's really looking at Rodgers in isolation is really a way to look at receiver depth and, and talent rather than... Look, like you're not looking at Rogers, and I'm yeah. glad he makes that point. And we'll, we'll talk to him more about it next week. He's scheduled to uh, to be the guest on the podcast. We always like having him on before the season. He sees a lot of stuff that we don't see in a lot of this film, this preseason film. That you know, good luck trying to <laughs> draw conclusions off of that. It's one thing to watch all these highlight films, but you know, I think uh, he'll have a pretty good read on who should make the roster as well, which is really good. So we'll talk to him about this piece and and more. Okay, moving on. And we're now we're talking about the receivers. There's three locks, right? In Devontae, Randall Cobb, and uh, Allison. There's going to be probably maybe three more receivers who make the team if you're playing the numbers game behind that. Do you have favorites? You referenced this before. Let's get to it. Or who do we think is going to get cut? Quick editor's What's note, the... I realized I accidentally deleted the J in J. Mon Moore's name, so it just says Mon Moore. Sorry about that. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> you know, I was, was going to add it. I knew, yeah. I wasn't, I, 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 I that one I knew. I, <laughs> Cole I, Madison I may have learned of a few days ago, but Jamon Moore I, I, I'm well aware of. So for me, I think I go, I go basically in the backwards of the 2018 draft order. So Equinemius St. Brown first, Marquez Valdez Scanning second, Jamon Moore third. And then I go Trevor Davis, D'Angelo Yancey. I think Trevor Davis might make the team just because I don't see who else fields punts because it's certainly obvious that Quentin Rollins is not going to be fielding the punts. Ooh. How long is he going to be? Uh, sorry to kind of sidetrack us again, but I, I know this has big, been big in this Slack chat too, right? A discussion of like, they're trying to find anywhere to play him, literally linebacker, safety, slot corner, like punt return is... I mean, Dimit- is there just not a fit for, <clears throat> for him Goodson's on your team? Dimitri been around a long time, and Dimitri Goodson hasn't shown anything on the football field either. So Yeah, well, that's true. He probably hasn't been given as many opportunities. That's true. So, like, Rollins is getting the opportunities and then failing, like, miserably yep. when given those opportunities, which is almost worse than kind of just skating by. I mean, this is one, this is one point where I am upset that they didn't take some sort of return specialist because I do not want to carry Trevor Davis on the on the 50. I think it would kind of suck to have to have him on the I mean he's missed right now he's out right so he's missing a lot of valuable reps there's like healthy competition in the receivers room a lot of them who flashed you know in in the preseason game oh by the way do we think that Kumro's a lock like are we no we don't think I don't think he makes a team really no even with all the plays he's making in practice with like Nope. Almost like overwhelming endorsement from Rodgers. 
and if they, all, like showing up on game day. If they keep seven, and if he can return punts, I mean, if he can return punts, I'm in. But they they haven't, from what I read, they have not tried him at all back there. Yeah, but they may even like give him. A I shot mean, my real practice. my real argument against holding on to Kimro is he's 26 years old, and Equinemius St. Brown is 21. Like right. if it comes down to cutting, you know, youth with an athletic profile versus a 26 year old, well, I'm gonna. Always, my axe will always fall on the 26 year My argument against keeping Kumaro is that he has gone through the waiver wire a number of times. Every team in the league has had many opportunities to get this guy on their team, and they haven't. So they can put him on the practice squad. He has one more year of eligibility. Okay. So, so that you works. Think probably six make it, one practice squad, and then the rest are probably gone. Or I guess they could practice squad two receivers, depending on how it all. I almost think even if the Packers do really like Kumro a lot, they might just cut him and put him on the practice squad because they know they can. Right. To make room for you know maybe another a, a, someone who has. I don't think any draft of the guys capital they spent. drafted this year get cut. I don't. I just don't see it. Yeah. And Worst I, case, they'll be put on the practice squad unless someone else signs them. And off I don't of see any reason squad. to cut any of them. Like I think. No. All, I mean, Jamon Moore is the one I'm least confident in. Yeah, and, he uh, he had some missed opportunities. You kind of felt bad for him because like everyone else was shining, and he, I mean, he had I, two balls that he. I've been equanimity should have caught. Equanimous St. Brown's like biggest stand since the day they drafted him. Yeah, you've been I'm, caping for that guy. I'm not getting off that horse. <laughs> and I think, and I think Marcus Valdez Scanting has done everything he could to make the team. And, uh, you know, he's got the physical tools and the physical profile and keep them. Yeah. Okay. Surprise. You guys think there's still a lot to prove for Kumro? Um, it's not that. I just don't see any, like, value in having him. I mean, if he's really just going to keep... I Again, I think like we need, he's not I think we need all four field, preseason games. Like, if he's not going to see the field, like, what's just, that value? I think that there is value in having... my. Let me restate my point. I think that there is value in having him on the team. I think that the way they get him in the building and keep him in the building is on the practice squad because they know that if they release other guys who they have spent draft picks on, yeah. someone else is going to claim those guys yeah. because they were worth a draft pick, so hey, right. maybe they're worth a look. Sure. And, I mean, and Kumaro's been through that list multiple times. He may well get picked up on waivers by some other team. Maybe. And he'll still be a 5-6 guy. Like, I mean, I know that Packers fans want somebody to get excited about, um, well, they need a four guy. Like, they need someone to like c- come up and take that spot. You know, so yeah, that's but like, I, I mean, that's I, wide open. Like, I, I, I just think that I know I've like beaten this horse a lot. Tyrell Williams came in when Keenan Allen went down, put up a thousand yard season, and his I think his rookie year, maybe his second year. Um, Did you have him in fantasy? No one's Tyrell. ever like, yeah, like <laughs> I definitely, just such, I definitely had. Tyrell. It's such an obscure name to continue season. to bring He's up. Not obscure though. If you if you watch, is it because was it the draft West, profile that was the same or what was it? No, like, when I, well, it was like when I watched Equinemius St. Brown and I looked at his reception perception and it was like all slants, and then I looked at his body type and his and his measurables. I was like, oh, okay, this is basically Tyrell Williams. Um, he's gonna make all of his money on slants. He's like a giant slot corner or slot uh, receiver, and if they use him the way that the Chargers use Tyrell Williams, he'll be great. And that's I'd be like fine with Tyrell Williams as my fourth receiver. That's a hundred percent. I, I would be fine with Tyrell Williams as my second receiver. Yeah. Tyrell, Tyrell Williams is great. Go watch some Tyrell Williams, my friend. No, I'm, I'm saying I would rather like I would rather Randall Cobb just like be good again. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't. Like, then settle for a couple slants from uh, from Tyrell Williams. But I mean, but, the other thing, and I, I, I know I harp on this a lot too, but I mean, age is so important. And like everybody's over here, like 
cream in their jeans over um Ooh. what's his face what Kenny is his Clark. face? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh my God, he's only, he's only 21 years old. That's just you. You're just doing an impression no, of yourself. No, but I mean, no, but like, if, no, he's 22, I guess. Or he's going to be 22. And you watch the preseason. They, they talk to him in the preseason. That's true. And, and, uh, and the announcer's like, and he's only, you know, he's entering his third season and he's, you know, going to dominate the NFL and he's only 21 and 22. And I mean, look, the same way you can't take anything from like game film in the preseason, you can't take anything from these. These commentators. Yeah, no, but I, but I think it is important. This is the C team, they've got three facts for every player, and they get to them right away, and they're all non sequiturs. No, but age is huge. I mean, age is huge, even if it's just a year less of getting your body beaten to death in college. You know, like, yeah, I, I, it's big. I guess my only counter would be like, do I care if these guys are like, oh man, imagine he's like five years away from his prime because when he enters his prime, Aaron Rodgers won't be and. Like we could not matter for like a decade after Aaron. <laughs> like I'd rather like have guys in their prime now. But so it, if like the argument against Kumaro, not that I'm like caping for him, because again, I think you have to see a lot more is that he's 26, but like, okay, if he has three good years of football from 26 to 29, as he's like exiting his prime, which is not like, you know, his prime is still just like whatever. Um, I'd rather have that than some guy who's like three years away. I think I agree I'm just running you. out of patience. Like, and I think Rogers probably is too. And which is why he sounds cranky. Kind of like a grumpy old man. He sounds we'll like he's got fire in his eyes I mean, another, this year. Another team that <laughs> I could see taking Kumaro, and this is like a kind of a joke, is the Patriots. Like if he does go on waivers, oh, like I, totally. If see he the keeps catching taking. touchdowns in preseason games, and he gets I, practice squad, the Patriots are going to sign him. The Patriots are going to cut. Like I don't even know who Kenny what receivers Britt, they have left. Yeah, Philip. They're going to cut basically any black receiver, and they're going to sign Kumaro. That's how that's going to work. <laughs> that's, Eric Decker, <laughs> Bill Belichick I mean, philosophy. You're really giving is. Eric Decker a call, so yeah. I mean, didn't they sign him? I think they I ended know, up they signing did. him. Yeah, yeah, they worked him out, and then I think they 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 brought him in. Right. The so. Acme Kumaro podcast. <laughs> hey man, it's the preseason. Like, and you know what? We got to give Packers Nation what they want, and the Packers Nation wants Kumaro. Oh yeah, but so does Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's not just that. Like, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is just like you know pumping his tires so that he can catch on somewhere else. Like, I I don't know. There's like multiple. You think Rogers is trying to increase his value so he could go play no, for like but he's the Vikings? Like, he's trying to be like, oh, I like I like this guy. You know, like he's he's likes he's him as a guy, raising his profile. You know, he's doing him a solid. There's got to be an element of trust there that doesn't exist with the other guys because Rogers is a hard guy to win over, and he, this guy has clearly done it. Because so he's, he's been in the something. NFL for two years. Like, this is why better... I want. This is why I want hard knocks at Green Bay just yeah. one yeah. time. What's going on in that? What locker the hell room? is going on in the meeting rooms that that we're raving about this guy? Is Kumro really into like sheep's head and and Rogers <laughs> wants to bring that back or what? Uh, it can't just be the flowing locks, right? He's the best seller as a Catan player. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, it's a podcast, probably. I, I think so. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing maybe a series or two from Aaron Rodgers. And then more. We didn't talk about the other quarterbacks who looked uh, pretty good. But... They all looked fine. That's the problem. Yeah. I know. That's another log jam. I mean, that's the way I feel about the receivers. I'm like, they all looked fine. I'm okay with all of them. Well, why don't we do a quick one, two, three of things we're looking for in this game against the Steelers. I'm looking for one of the quarterbacks to differentiate themselves because yeah. they all looked fine, like uh, you said. Uh, Reggie Gilbert, I want to yeah. see good things. Vince Beagle. Yeah. Um, I want to see a little more Josh Jackson. I like how much he was getting tested, and it got, it got me a little excited. I didn't get to see that part of the game. Yeah, you missed this. Thing. And I want to see Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah. I, he's, he's my boy. I also want to add uh, more more Oren Burks. Yeah. Yes. Flies to the football. Like what I see so far. I mean, far. hopefully hopefully we can see a real running back, too. Yes. Yeah. 
That would be good. Nah, save it for the regular season. Uh, the Pick'em League is back, right? Um, I think yes. you've been fielding some entries and things like that. Where do people go if uh, if they want to enter our Pick'em League? Follow us on Twitter if you don't already, at the APC Pod, and we'll follow you back. We'll send some DMs. We'll get your email address, and we'll get you enrolled. And if you have signed up and you haven't received any kind of like introductory email address, that's because I haven't sent them yet. So uh, be patient. Give us about a week or so. Yeah. And we'll get that started. We're still early in the preseason. Yeah. Plenty of time. Plenty of time before that opening game. Uh, all right. Uh, that'll do it for us. Again, at Ben Foley, at Alex Patakis, at Zach Rapport. Zach just told you where to find the show on Twitter, uh, which is very useful for all updates and also pick them things and other things that we'll be doing throughout the course of the season. The APC podcast at gmail.com. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.